how to start? Well, you know, it's just writing. I mean, here's something important to remember about dialogue. Every word matters. No, it doesn't. They're bottom. I want to go to this place that I think it needs to go to. The only thing that counts is what you see on the screen. I will write like four or five, six hours a day. And it will be a voice made of ink and rage. Okay, I'm, re I'm really glad you asked me that question. Welcome to the Creative Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Brock Swinson. Over the past 200-plus episodes, I've had the good fortune of speaking with dozens of screenwriters, actors, and directors, such as Aaron Sorkin, Mel Brooks, Carrie Fukunaga, Whitney Cummings, Michael Imperioli, and William Monaghan, among others. We've dissected ideas on story, character, filmmaking, habits, and various principles for creative life. If this is your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button on iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also find several of these interviews on the Creative Screenwriting Magazine website, in addition to some that aren't available in audio, such as with Nick Kroll or Stephen Merchant. In addition to the podcast, also make sure to search for the new video essay series on YouTube, also called Creative Principles, where we take a deep dive into movies and television. Join millions of viewers for subjects like the 16 personalities expressed as characters, Did Home Alone, Rowan John Hughes' Career, The Greatest Movie Never Made, and How Jackie Chan Creates Perfection Through Failure, among many more. That's Creative Principles on YouTube. I had a story I wanted to tell, said Eleanor Coppola, filmmaker and wife of director Francis Ford Coppola. Prior to her fiction features, Paris Can Wait and Love is Love is Love, Eleanor made documentaries like Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's Apocalypse, A Visit to China's Miao County, and Making of the Virgin Suicides about her daughter Sophia's film. In this interview, Eleanor talks about writing for underserved audiences, how she crafts personal stories, her writing process with Karen Lee Hopkins, and her advice for being diligent and creative at any age. Um, I just uh, had a story I wanted to tell, and uh, part of it was a little bit personal, and I didn't want to make a documentary out of it, and so I began to write a fiction piece, and it was really fun because you could embroider on and exaggerate. It didn't have to be like a documentary. It has to be telling the truth as much as it can. And um, I, I just thought it was a fun way to work. And so I, that's what I've been doing these days. I've, I take a kernel of something that really happened or something I really know about and um, turn it into a fiction piece to... Uh, partly maybe to disguise some of the incidents or, uh, but more to really just tell a richer, fuller, more interesting. Fiction is more interesting than the real thing usually. So what was that kernel for love is love is love? What was the original idea for the film? Well, I had uh, interviewed an actor in Canada and we were Skyping to have a conversation. And he was telling me about his friend who was dating his wife on Saturday nights uh, over uh, Skype. <laughs> and I just thought that was such an intriguing idea. Anyway, I developed that idea and uh, made it into the uh, first uh, story in Love is Love is Love. And it, um, it was finished way before the pandemic. So now it sort of seems maybe old hat in a certain way, but it was 
uh, the original idea when, when it was made. So what was the kind of the idea behind making this more of an ensemble piece as opposed to like maybe just following one of the couples? Why did you kind of choose to do three stories as one? Well, I made them sort of individually. I didn't know if I would release them as just short, you know, for shorts festivals and things. But then they, um, they came together as what I felt like was a related piece. It wasn't a continuous story, but um, the pieces had this common theme of uh, love and commitment and loyalty and, and uh, long relationships. And so um, they seem to fit together as a unit of, and that becomes a fiction film, which is a better um, format to release them just to have separate shorts. So you've done a lot of kind of public personal stories, whether you're making documentaries about your husband or with your book, Notes on a Life. Do you kind of keep journals and then that leads you to writing some of this fiction work or is it more about what you're thinking about in the moment? Like where do you kind of store those like truth elements where you begin your fictional work? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I do write uh, not in a regular fashion, but I do keep making those kind of journal entries. And sometimes you know, I go back through them and there's something that sparks my interest that I feel like I could turn into a, another piece. But um, I think that source is being observant. So it comes from my documentary nature. I'm not a natural fiction uh, a director either because I'm, I'm much more interested in, in just kind of the observation. So uh, it would be easy for me to let my actors run wild because <laughs> I'm just walking through instead of, um, uh, I don't have a real director's instinct because I'm interested in observing and would be interested in forming and directing to be uh, the strongest kind of fiction but my uh, director but my way around that is to to gather together really talented people and sort of give them the understanding that they know how to do their work better than I do and to just bring it <laughs> to the screen and they do they're experienced and talented they they bring the most of it. I mean, I try to rein them in and kind of keep them in line, but, but uh, I'm not that strong director nature. Is there, so your husband's kind of famously had what used to be called like a brain trust, his relationship with Lucas and Spielberg and some of those guys. Do you find something similar? Do you rely on family members? Like when you've got, I think I've got an idea, like when do you kind of look for collaboration between writing and directing and those type of things? Well, I developed the story and the idea that I want to tell. And then I um, joined forces with uh, uh, a writer pal and uh, then we kind of collaborate and finalize it. She brings the uh, kind of the levity. She's kind of, she has kind of a way with like more jokey kind of dialogue and just lighter. Um, and she has, some, has good ideas that we, we go back and forth and say, should we add this or not? And uh, so it's it's uh, really in that writing process, I think, that uh, that uh, is a 
a collaborative place of creating the first uh, draft of the script. And what are some of the logistics like for that? Is it mostly conversation as you kind of mentioned, like how do you guys kind of work together? Are you meeting so many days in a row or what are some of those logistics of that process? Well, uh, she lives in LA and I live in the Napa Valley. And so I write a draft and I email it to her and uh, she makes her notes or thoughts and and sends it back and we talk on the phone and then uh, maybe several times in the process we'll get together. I'll go to Los Angeles for a day or two or she'll come to the Napa Valley for a day or two. And, and so we, it's a kind of mix of uh, remote and uh, up close work together. So Paris Can Wait and, and this Love is Love is Love are very different from maybe some of your, your husband's films. What do you kind of look for in a story or what is it mainly love stories? Like who is your audience and those type of things that you think about? Well, I think there's um, a large underserved audience of uh, people who are 50 plus that uh, don't see their lives reflected so much on the screen and uh, I'd say uh, maybe particularly women I think my films are, wouldn't be made especially love is love is love wouldn't have been made by a man there's no men heroes it's uh, from a female perspective and I think that's uh, there could be more of that in on the on the screen and uh, so I no, I'm not intending intentionally just to focus on the female audience but I'm telling stories from a female perspective I think what do you find to be the most difficult I, I think part my, uh, yeah sorry go ahead no go ahead go no, ahead please I was, getting, <laughs> I was getting off the track no stick <laughs> okay um, who are some other maybe female filmmakers or, you know, female centric characters? What, what are some movies that you look to that you um, appreciate or like or want to see more of in addition to your films? Well, I always love uh, Jane Campion. I think she has a, just a, it's not female centric so much, but uh, she does really, um, uh, deal with the way she makes films. I think it's also from a female sensibility, not from a, a, a male sensibility so much. And uh, I'd have to say that about my daughter, Sophia too. But there's a, a kind of way that they express themselves that it wouldn't be done by a man. Have you considered looking at like television and dramas as, as terms of like being a director? Like what kind of, um, as far as the, the shift that we've seen with storytelling, um, what do you still appreciate about making this a film as opposed to a miniseries or something like that? Mine just might be life experience and the rut that I'm in or the <laughs> life, uh, the surroundings that, that has uh, favored filmmaking as opposed to delving into television. So um, I don't know that I can answer that with a, you know, with a broad perspective because uh, I'm just sort of surrounded by filmmakers and, and that uh, 
and that process. And it's just amazing to see the explosion of material being made for television. It's great. I think uh, the more we have uh, people's creative expression in our lives, the better. So I'm all for it. I just am not familiar with that as a surrounding, uh, it's not surrounding me. So I usually ask um, filmmakers about what it's like breaking into the industry where you've kind of come at it later in life. What advice might you have for those people who've always wanted to make their first film, but they put it off for whatever reason? What bit of encouragement or, or motivation might you have for those people? Well, I just, uh, yes, I think there was a certain courage that came over me in my 70s that uh, what's gonna, what's the worst that can happen <laughs> if it's something and it's a big failure, it's not gonna change my life. But if it's a success, it's not gonna start my career. So it's a, I think it's different when you're older, but uh, you know, I had to uh, raise the money for my first feature, it took six years. And I think the, the real message is just don't give up. Just keep, every time a door closes in your face, you look for another door to open and just keep uh, diligently <laughs> trying to and see how to you know, further your vision. In that process, you keep improving it, you keep um, learning more and being more prepared. And, and you just, the key is just not to give up. Thank you for tuning in to the show. If it's your first time listening, make sure to hit that subscribe button and visit my new website for information on the YouTube channel, the blog, the podcast, and my new book, Ink by the Barrel, which takes advice from these 200 plus interviews and more at brockswinson.com. You'll see the link in the show notes. Thanks again.